Thank you for listening to Preaching the Word with Nathan Deach. Thank you again for joining me on the Mysteries of God's Word. Today we're going to look at the fall of man. Genesis chapter 3. Verse 1 says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. Let's talk about the serpent for a moment. This is nothing less than a manifestation of Satan. Satan has possessed a beast of the field. The language here not only suggests, but says specifically that this is a beast of the field that the Lord God had made. And we learn both from the writings of the Apostle Paul and the Apostle John that this serpent was the devil. In 2 Corinthians 11.3 it reads, But I am afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. Revelation 12.9 reads, And the great dragon was thrown down, that ancient serpent, who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. So we see from Scripture that this serpent was indeed a beast of the field, possessed by the devil himself. He said to the woman, Did God actually say, You shall not eat of any tree in the garden? Let's pause again here. If a beast of the field came up and talked to us today, that would be quite stunning, quite dramatic. We would be taken aback. However, Eve begins to carry on a conversation with the serpent. So it is theorized that in the original Garden of Eden, before the fall of man, man and animals were able to communicate. I often think C.S. Lewis did us a favor in the Tales of Narnia when he describes animals speaking with humans in his paradise of Narnia. The conversation continues, and the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, You should not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Let's again pause here. Eve is not clear on the command of God. If you remember from chapter 1, the Lord God had commanded Adam, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. So God had commanded Adam before he created Eve. So it's very likely that Adam communicated this command with Eve. And Eve's knowledge of the command came from Adam. It's also possible that Adam had added the rule that you shouldn't even touch it, which wasn't the command of God, but was an extra regulation Adam put on Eve. So Eve may be communicating what Adam had told her, and it may seem a little bit over-regulated. Now the serpent hones in on Eve not being quite sure on God's command. And the serpent says to the woman, 
you will not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Satan becomes emboldened by the woman's openness to communicate with him, and he directly lies to her. He tells her that she will surely not die, and he undermines the authority of God and tries to embolden her to open rebellion against God. Satan only speaks twice, but when he speaks, he was able to undermine the trust and intimate relationship that mankind had with God. In verse 6, So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was desired to make man wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. Verse 6 describes a great deal about man's propensity to sin. We see the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. The woman saw the tree was good for food, the lust of the flesh. It was a delight to her eyes, the lust of the eyes. And it was desired to make her wise, the pride of life. So she took of it. She ate, and it says she gave some to her husband who was with her. What a statement. Adam was right there with her as she was talking with the serpent. And he didn't say a word. He didn't stop Eve. He didn't protect Eve from this serpent. He didn't go grab a club and beat the serpent down. Nor did he remind Eve of God's command when she was about to partake of this food. Instead, Adam participated with her. He participated in the sin she was committing. Verse 7. Then the eyes of both were opened and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together to make themselves loincloths. This word, that their eyes were opened, means that they knew their shame. Their innocence had been replaced by guilt and shame. Their eyes were opened to their sin. And from then on, their conscience had to distinguish between good and evil. They had never known evil until now. And while the serpent had promised them wisdom, what they received was the knowledge of being foolish. Their eyes were opened to what it meant to be in rebellion against God. They wanted to hide their shame, so they sewed fig leaves to make loincloths. In verse 8, They heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden and in the cool of the day, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Again, not only did they use fig leaves to hide their shame, now they're hiding from the Lord God who's walking in the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? We see here, even though Adam and Eve have sinned against God, and rightfully they deserve to die and be tossed into hell, the Lord God calls to them, Where are you? And the man says, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was 
afraid, because I was naked and I hid myself. Here we see Adam vocalizing his shame before the Lord. He was afraid because he recognized his shame and he hid himself. The Lord God said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? Now, of course, the Lord knows what has happened, but he's talking with Adam in a way that allows Adam to confess his sin before the Lord. The man says, The woman you gave me to be with me, she gave me fruit of the tree, and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. And we see in verses 12 and 13, both Adam and Eve pushing the blame on other people, not taking responsibility for their own sin and confessing it before God, but instead blaming others for what they have done. In verse 14, the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, Cursed are you above all livestock, and above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. Let's pause here for a moment. So we see this was a beast of the field. This beast, which was possessed by Satan, is visibly punished before Adam and Eve. We can postulate that before this curse, this serpent had legs, and now it slithers on the ground. On its belly it shall go, and dust it will eat. Furthermore, God says, I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. Verse 15 is distinctly a curse between Satan and the woman. It's no longer describing the beast of the field, but it's describing Satan himself. God will put enmity between Satan and the woman, between Satan's offspring and her offspring. The offspring of the woman will bruise or crush Satan's head, and the offspring of Satan shall bruise his heel. This is describing a war, enmity, that's between Satan and woman, between the offspring of both. And we can see that there is a war on the womb of the woman. We see in our own day, abortion. We see in past generations, worship of Moloch, where they sacrificed children on the altar. We see even at the time of Jesus' birth, King Herod went and slaughtered all of the children two years and younger to try and destroy the messianic offspring. There is a war that wages between Satan and the offspring of women. But through the offspring of woman will come one who will crush the head of Satan. But Christ himself has come, and at the cross he has crushed the head of Satan. Satan's power is defeated, and the cross is the symbol of Satan bruising his heel. But at that very cross, Christ has had victory over sin. But Christ has disarmed the rulers and authorities. He has put the devil to open shame, triumphing over them at the cross. Back at Genesis chapter 16, to the woman he said, I will surely 
multiply your pain in childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you. This curse upon the woman is twofold. First, there's increased pain in childbearing. Second, her desire will be contrary to her husband. In other words, she will desire her husband's authority. Because she has done this, she will now desire to undermine her husband's authority. But it says, he shall rule over you. There's an innate desire in women that's contrary to their husband, and it creates constant friction and argument. Only through Christ can we come back to God's original design in marriage in a loving relationship as a woman submits to her husband and a husband lays down his life in servitude to his wife. And to Adam he said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree, of which I commanded you, you should not eat of it, in pain you shall eat. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorn and thistles it shall bring forth of you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread, till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. God's curse upon Adam begins by saying that because he listened to the voice of his wife, when he should have listened to the voice of the Lord, cursed is the ground. Men, it is your responsibility to know the word of God and to lead your family in God's commands. No matter what your family is saying, you must lead your family in following the Lord. Adam's curse continues that because he did not lead his family, because he did not say anything, and instead he partook in the sin of his family, cursed is the ground because of him, and in pain he shall eat of it all the days of his life. Thorn and thistles will come forth from the ground because he failed to lead Eve. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread, till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Men, if there's one thing I can tell you, stand in the power, the truth, and the spirit of the Lord God. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Do this first, then all things will be given to you. Adam, called his wife Eve, because she was the mother of all the living. And the Lord God made for Adam and Eve garments of skins and clothed them. This is the first sacrifice we see in Scripture. The Lord God sacrificed animals. There was a blood sacrifice for the sin of Adam and Eve. And from that sacrifice, the Lord God made for Adam and Eve garments of skins to clothe them. Verse 22 says, Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us in knowing good and evil. Prior to this, he was unable to differentiate between good and evil, but now he has an experience of evil. 
God does not have experience of evil, but he has a knowledge of good and evil. But unlike God, man is unable to live according to his knowledge. Rather, he has experience in evil. And because of this, God must remove man from the garden so that he will not live forever. Therefore, the Lord God sent him out of the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he was taken. He drove the man out, and at the east of the garden he placed cherubim and a flaming sword that turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. So now that man has experiential knowledge of evil and is unable to live in the goodness of God, man must be removed from the tree of life. Cherubim are a special kind of angel. These cherubim and flaming sword were reminder, Adam and Eve, and all the generations up to Noah, of the fall of man. Thank you for joining me on the Mysteries of God's Word. I look forward to speaking with you next week. with all your heart and do not lean on your own understandings.